Welcome to There to Hear, an educational podcast where industry professionals talk nuts and bolts and how they got from there to here. As this is a new podcast, we're really wanting feedback, so go to media.colabinc.org and fill out the feedback survey and you will be entered to win a $25 Amazon gift card. I'm Tanya Musgrave, creative director here at Colab Inc. And today I have Maranatha Hay, Leif Ramsey, and Brian Fellows with us. Welcome, guys. Hi. Um, Thank you. Thanks. Now, Thank you for having us, Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> now, the one thing that you all have in common is that you all own production companies. Um, you are non-union, small businesses. Like the last few guests that I have interviewed, they have been part of the union or part of a guild. And so I really wanted to get a raw and honest look at what our non-union small businesses were looking like. Maranatha, you have Tower Films, you're based in SoCal. Uh, Leif, you have Pathfinder Films, you're based in Chattanooga in Tennessee. And Brian, you are a freelance producer and you're based right out of Chicago and you serve the Michigan area. So how are you guys faring? <laughs> Go ahead and expand. And what's your work consisted of leading up to COVID? How about we start there? So for the last three years, I've been on a bigger project. It was a feature documentary that was in 360. So I was working on that, editing that. That was like kind of the big project that I was working on. Prior to that, I had a small production company, still do, um, called Tower Films, and it did like branded content, commercial work, um, just mostly really small projects. A lot of them were like kind of feel-good lifestyle, positive vibes kind of stuff. And after I completed the VR project, I picked my business back up in January, and I was starting to get like build up my client portfolio up again. And it was like one day, March, I think 11th. And I know I was kind of late to the game, but it was just like, you know, oh, it's not going to be a big deal. Production was being happening on all of these different projects. Like clients were coming in and then all of a sudden it was like, it came to an absolute screeching halt, like all of a sudden, it was just like, boom. And I remember because I was editing for a client and they were like, we have to get this done now. And then that week, it was just like a rush to finish everything. And then it was like flying over the edge of a cliff. And um, like projects have come in, like because people are transitioning their businesses and so they're looking for marketing and there's still a need for that you know, education, UC, University of California is one of my, my clients. And so they wanted to move all of their stuff over online. And so there, there are needs for that. And so you can meet that with like things like stock footage or like kind of like reverse engineering, but as far as like production, nothing. So cutting entire commercials using just stock footage. I mean, doing yeah. whatever you can. Like I've, I've had people come through the woodwork, like from like clients from four years ago being like, do you still have X, Y, Z on that hard drive? Can we re-edit this for this project? Because we really need this content, but like nobody can shoot. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just been a very, very, very weird couple of months for sure. Yeah. So prior to COVID, um, I was producing a lot of commercials, working on a lot of commercials. So uh, extremely busy season all the way through summer, fall, winter of last year, even into January um, was just slammed, uh, which is great. So probably the best year I've ever had uh, was last year. Um, 
And uh, I was really thankful for that um, leading into this, you know, unbeknownst to me, this was going to happen. But um, I would say, uh, I think it was mid-January, I had uh, a couple international projects happening in Asia, had tickets bought, had everything ready to go. And then I started hearing from my local contacts there about what was going on. Um, Way more news than, you know, we were really hearing here in the States. And so we made the decision to go ahead and postpone. And I wasn't sure if that would, you know, head our way or not, but uh, obviously it has. And, um, and so mid-March, uh, well, early March actually was, uh, was the last project that I did. And um, that's been it. So it's been a pretty dry season since then. Yeah. Um, yeah so the question was, what were we working on leading yeah. up to COVID? Yeah. Um, so the last thing that we did was actually uh, two 30-second spots for – the largest Honda power sports dealer in the U S and it was, um, uh, power sports is like more like the off-road side of the industry and motorcycles and like things like that. Um, so we actually did a spot for Honda Talon, uh, which is one of their, uh, like hot, like off-road vehicles and another for a Honda pioneer. And, uh, we shot those on like, I want to say like March six or something like that. And we kind of like saw stuff coming and we're kind of like, wow, we need to get this production done. But then things didn't really shut down for us in Tennessee until uh, just right after that, like maybe like a week after that. Um, In fact, they were going to play the spots locally before they used them digitally. And they were going to use them with like the kickoff of um, Chattanooga football club, which is a soccer club actually. Uh, So a little play on words there, but um, the season opening game was supposed to be that next weekend. And um, that game got canceled like a day ahead of time and like everything just like kind of shut down at that point. So that was like the very last thing that we did before that we were doing a decent amount of like post-production for the Navy. Uh, This is like going back to like just before Christmas, New Year's. And we were also shooting a short doc about Russian art um, over like the Christmas, New Year's time period. So yeah, that's kind of what we were up to. Nice. So how has this affected your business? How are you guys holding up? How has coronavirus kind of affected everything? Uh, I'll just continue on. It's interesting. Things kind of went in phases for us. The first phase was we were still getting a lot of people. Like, I think we were, I think we've worked on like three different pitches over the early part of kind of that, like the first two weeks of March. And people were still like, oh, yeah, like, we think production's going to happen, like, mid-April. We think production's going to happen, like, beginning of May, like, those kind of timelines. And then as this has progressed, like, as it's gone on for multiple weeks, everybody's just sort of dropped off. I mean, sort of goes without saying that we haven't shot anything. But, like, not only yeah. that, like, even the people that were like, hey, we want to put together a production for April. They're kind of yeah. like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And then also budgets have changed. The production that we were we were in talks with and they had, the agency had awarded the project to us was supposed to be five days of shooting. And uh, like one of the first things that they did was scale back and say like, uh, budgets have changed. We need to make this a three-day production. And then now it's been probably two weeks since we've heard from them. And like mm-hmm. the last thing that we heard is like, I don't know, we'll get back in touch when we know more and like when we figure out like, you know, when we can shoot again type of a deal. So that's kind of the general trends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Piggybacking off that. um, I had, you know, some tentative projects scheduled as well. Um, We were working on a a pitch and development 
on a project for early April that just like, you know, Leif was saying, as March uh, went along, it, we went into postponement of that. And uh, the dialogue between us and the client has kind of drifted into nothing um, as it lingers in, <laughs> in the air somewhere until, you know, all this gets cleared up. Um, so yeah, a lot of, uh, pretty much everything's on standstill right now. There's uh, nothing going on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like somebody just pressed a giant pause button and you're just kind of like in this homeostasis period where, you know, you're hoping that the bottom won't fall out, but what's going to happen when everybody presses play again, there's just no way of knowing, no way of telling, like, mm -hmm. With the commercial projects that I was working on, it's like a really similar similar experience to what Leif and Brian are talking about, where I think clients also, they don't know what they want and they don't know what they want to make as well. Like, do you, do you reference this crisis? Like, what do people want to see? Is it appropriate to kind of like hawk your wares in the middle of all of this? Mm -hmm. Being sensitive, yeah. Yeah, like I had a client that um, does stuff like makes um, stuff for golf courses and who's going golfing? <laughs> like, I mean, that's the big question is like, who's buying anything right now? Like, do people have money to buy? Like, are, what are we going into, you know? And then uh, I guess on another note with the documentary that I was working on, you know, the premiere was at a festival in October and we were supposed to have our yearly run where a lot of these film festivals, you only have like a year from the time that you premiere. So, I mean, we spent thousands, dollars like submitting to all of these different film festivals and then like I'll never forget the day that um South by South like South by Southwest like all of the corporate sponsors started pulling out and then it was like oh this is real like this is this is gonna happen this is gonna be crazy this is big and then every single one of the film festivals after that it was just like a tower collapsing mm -hmm. and yeah. you know the ones that we had submitted to, you know, we just kept getting letter after letter after letter that was like, sorry, we're not having it this year. Sorry, we don't know what to do. I mean, a year's worth of work trying to figure out how to convert this into a dome space from VR where people like could experience it communally. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. I don't know what to think about all of that time that I put into that project. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't so, know. I don't know what that means. Yeah. So how has this actually changed your day-to-day, -day, all of your day-to-day -day dealings? Are you working on post-work for some of these projects? Um, where are you kind of spending your time in order to sustain your business? I've caught up on a lot of television. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, so I, I don't know. It's, it's a mixed bag. There are some days where I feel like being more productive than others. And uh, I think that's okay. I, yeah, I don't that's think fair. that's bad necessarily. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's been some uh, some definite binge watching, which I don't think is necessarily bad, but probably not helping uh, uh, my <laughs> my trying to lose a little bit of extra pounds, you know. <laughs> um, but I think it's fair to mention that it is okay, you know. That yeah, I mean, yeah, this is, is this is one specific reason why we're getting other people's opinions is to let people know that there is a variety of different right. reactions out there, and all of them are okay, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I've spent quite a bit of time on the back end of some projects that I, I just, you know, it's been something that I've needed to get done for a long time and have it. One of those is, is my own personal website, my own personal portfolio. 
Um, it's one of those things where you always tell yourself you're going to do it and you just never have time because you're doing the projects that, you know, you're paid to do. Um, so that's been really awesome to see that actually getting to getting somewhere. Um, so I spent a lot of time in that um, and also working on pitches, uh, which is fun in theory. But uh, I always question also, you know, are those uh, pitches actually going to see the light of day after this? You know, where, where do they go? What space do they fit into after this? Um, so those are questions that I'm trying to tackle. Um, and then lastly, uh, some filmmaker friends and I have, have gotten together and had a Google Doc uh, that we've all kind of collaborated on and still working on, um, trying to come up with some personal um, procedures and um, plans for what sets are going to look like after this and, and how to put those uh, practices in place so that when you know, agencies and clients start coming to us after this at some point, um, that we have an answer and we have something that hopefully uh, will set us apart and, and help us, you know, jump back into work faster than, than others maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for about four weeks after everything sort of shut down, there was a lot of momentum for us because we just had a backlog of like a laundry list of things that we wanted to do. And so like similar to Brian, you know, we launched a new website and built that out like over the course of like two, three weeks which we hadn't done since we started the business. Like our website was like five years old, which like in internet terms, I feel like is more like five decades. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) we, we did that. And that was like kind of a big push. We, we did a decent amount of like re-editing of uh, work that we already had that we wanted to format in a different way to make it more appealing for like 30 and 60 second spots. And uh, I, I think the biggest changes that happened like in daily routine were not super significant for myself or lucky. So my wife and I work together in our business. And so for us, we could still come into the office, but normally we have four people in the office and everybody else uh, basically had to start working from home. So it was all this like kind of work remote thing versus like seeing everyone every day. Yeah. And Leif, you actually had a student worker, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So like that person is also remote. Um, And so that's, kind of been interesting but like I think at this point the momentum has died off and it's basically just me still doing some editing because that's a skill set I can fall back to um it's not my first preference to be editing stuff but I can do it so I'm going to do it Mm -hmm. um and really for the rest of us we're not doing much you know like the rest of our core team isn't really doing anything anymore which we were for those first like maybe four weeks after we shut down Um, but we've like finished the laundry list. I think lucky came in for a few hours yesterday and was like literally just answering every email, which we get a lot of like random emails from people that are like, do you need voiceover work? Like, Mm, do you need, you know, whatever, like motion design work, like that type of stuff. Lucky was like literally just answering them because she could. And it was like, ah, I might as well like see what these people are up to see what their life is like, like more just like conversation than actual work. But yeah. I mean, that's cool. I mean, maybe that'll come back and be valuable at some point. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Leif, just real quick, your your company is set up to work some government gigs since you've done some work with the U.S. Navy. Um, mm-hmm. Has that outlook changed at all? Like, it, does that kind of bring some possibilities into the future on the horizon? Or are they kind of in the same boat? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, they got in touch with us. Uh, I would say a couple of weeks in and basically said, Hey, we're not going to be doing any production. Um, 
you know, like out on ships or on bases for a long time. We don't know exactly when that is, but it's going to be a long time. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of like, okay, sure. That makes sense. And then they wanted to do some post-production. We haven't started doing post-production for them yet. Um, so mm-hmm. that's also been a longer timeline than we anticipated even to do the next round of post stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, everybody's life is complex. You know, everybody's like kind of like trying to figure out what it means to work from home. Like the folks that we work with directly are on the agency side and they had, you know, an office of 80 people. And now those 80 people are distributed all over to their homes and stuff. And things like paperwork and contracts and all kinds of stuff has slowed down. Like even if they want to do stuff, it's just not as fast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the short answer is we can do some post work and that'll help us tread water. But like production is where we actually sustain ourselves so gotcha so to what they were saying like pretty much the only thing that i can really do right now is work you know remotely i i do work from home so you know on a day-to-day i do a lot of editing work but like i said i've been you know one of the first things i started to do was just contact all of the clients and be like hey you know i can't do anything with production right now but what i can do is you know, use stock footage, pre-existing material and like narration and then quickly, quickly put together like a 30 minute sample of what that could be like. And I just started sending it out, sending it out. So my day to day has been a ton of production coordination with all of these remote assets Mm -hmm. and then throwing them all together with editing. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. It'd be it's um yeah. It'd be a little interesting to see kind of it, some sort of integration into the animation sphere. You know, kind of those whiteboard type of Completely. explainer videos. I, I the, the only reason I say that is because the previous person that I had talked to, she was a writer with WGA, mm-hmm. and she was talking about how she's keeping her eye on the animation sphere because. Yeah their work is exactly the same, you know, Robin up in Vancouver, you know, with Sony, he's the, he, he took his computer from work and now does the exact same thing at home. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. There, there are some things that, that have stayed the same and, uh, it helps to kind of, it's helped for me to take a step back and see like, okay, explainer videos, those are kind of going to be the same, like subcontracting out to an animator and then have them doing it. And then maybe you subcontract with the, with the VO artists, voices.com, <laughs> you know, and piecing that together. If you have editing skills, you can like throw that together. So that's kind of what I've been doing. I don't know what to do about like the production piece. You know, I don't know when all of that is going to come together. I don't see me doing any kind of production for like September mm-hmm. I think that's how long it's going to take to get everything together mm-hmm. which is months later <laughs> um what I did do right away was file for the SBA loan as a contractor or independent contractor you can do that did not receive it <laughs> I, surprise, I surprise. restaurant train restaurant <laughs> chains <laughs> so I know they passed another 450 billion dollar one today I think um, hopefully that does actually go to small businesses. Um, but I think for the next three, four months, it's going to be incredibly dry. And if I don't figure out this puzzle, I don't know how I can live in my house and have money and, you know, exist. Like, I think, I think figuring out that piece of the puzzle is going to be very, very important. 
Yeah, I was actually going to ask about that because usually I'd be asking the guests like, hey, do you know any sources of help for industry people in your particular boat? You know, those who have a production company or work as a sole proprietor, that kind of thing. With the revelation of PPP and the SBA SBA loans, um, I'm actually curious at each of your inputs on like how that's worked for each of you because I know of a personal friend who has... It's a it's a froyo shop, and he was asking for a paltry fifteen k as opposed to a larger entity that I know of that got over a million dollars that didn't necessarily need it as desperately as he did. So I'm very curious how that's worked out for each one of you. It hasn't worked out. <laughs> um, so I, I'm not speaking for everybody on the call, and maybe maybe it's worked out for the rest of you, but. Um, the I applied for both the EIDL, which is the economic, I don't know, I can't remember the, what the acronym stands for, but it's basically the $10,000 grant that you could get like on a one-time basis. Yeah. I did that back in, oh, let's see here, <laughs> uh, like somewhere like around four weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, finally got an email from the SBA it was basically like a form email about a week ago that said, oh, we're changing the terms from a $10,000 one-time grant for small businesses to $1,000 per employee. So in our case, there's four partners in the business mm -hmm. and everybody else's uh, contractors. And so for us, that would mean 4K if that came through. But will that come through? Who knows? I know one person that's got it thus far, like in my network, and for them, the money just magically appeared in their bank account one day. And then they got an email about it like a couple of days later, explaining that the money had arrived. And for the PPP, I applied for that back on April 2, I believe it was. Like literally two days before banks could start releasing it and was in contact with my bank uh, multiple times, like over those two days. And they were like, I talked to them the day before the PPP loans were supposed to be starting to be approved by the SBA and issued. And they said, uh, well, we actually haven't received any additional instructions from the SBA on how we're supposed to complete these loans. And that was like 12 hours before like things were supposed Land to kick sakes. off. <laughs> and I've talked to them since then. And like, we never received any PPP. I don't think our actual PPP application made it from the bank to the SBA in the last round. And the last conversation I had with them was probably four or five days ago. And they said, don't worry, like we'll get it in first thing on the next round, like when it gets funded. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll be calling you like every day as soon as that legislation <laughs> passes, because otherwise yes. I don't think I'm going to be at the front of the line, no, you know? No, So yeah. um, when my friend got there, they were already out of, they were already out. That's kind it of the experience. Done. It was gone. So I yeah. mean. That, I haven't even seen like the personal stimulus check thing or whatever. And I'm signed up for electronic deposit. So thus far as zero. And I have zero expectations. Wow, that is actually something that did, did that did come through for me personally. Um, yeah, same. Okay. Yeah. So that's I, that was the only thing that I had actually heard of, and the PPP and the SBA were things. I mean, I must have been living under a rock because I didn't hear about them until way later in the game, when it was basically already done and gone. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't have any friends in my network that uh, have received it. 
Um, and I honestly did not apply. I didn't think that it would actually happen, even if I did. <laughs> that was first thing. Second of all, I did have a really good year last year and do have some put away. And I knew that there was plenty of other people who, you know, below the line that don't have those opportunities that need the money. And so I would rather let those people have access to it if it actually is going to come out and, and they're actually going to be able to get it. Um, at some point, I may ch uh, change my tune, <laughs> depending on how long this lasts. But um, that's currently where my thought process has been. I hadn't even heard of it. That's the thing. I don't know yeah. where they were. Uh, like, Because Maranatha, I feel like we had talked about this a bit too, where it was just a foundation that you had heard through the grapevine about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually through one of my clients. She was like, she texted me at like 1030 at night and she was like, are you doing this tomorrow? It's opening up. And I didn't know what it was. And she was like, look at this video now. And it was like this guy, <laughs> like on YouTube, that was like showing people how to fill it out. If you were a small business owner, it had, I think, 1.2 million hits when I watched it. So people were watching that video. It was just like a janky, like one minute video of how to do it real quick. And then the next day was when everything opened. And she was like, you better do this quick because I think it's going to, it's first come, first serve. Did it, you know, like Leif, I thought it was like a $10,000 check to get me by like the next couple of months. Didn't hear anything back. Didn't hear anything back. Called them. Finally got through. I was caller 937. Mercy. Like, so I like, I like heard that and I was like, great. This is going to be my eight hour day. Yeah. And it was hours on the phone. And then I finally got somebody and she was like, oh, great. You know, everything's going to work out fine. Like, this is great. Like, everything looks good. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, you can expect to get the email. Leif, I haven't even gotten the email. And I was like, literally there. The second this thing opened, I was there because you know, there's no way of telling how long this is going to last. I think it's going to last well into the summer, if not early fall. I think that's what we're looking at. I'm planning, I'm looking ahead and I'm just like, how? anyway, so even if I did get it, a thousand dollars isn't going to get me that far. Right. Mm -hmm. What right. am I going to do with a thousand dollars? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the thing too, is there's, there's so much information out there that who knows what's real and what's not, you know? And so there's exactly. been really, really horrible um, uh, spreading of, of this information, you know, uh, by the powers that be, unfortunately, um, it's just not clear. It's not clear, you know, to people who need it. So it's been unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I think the things that are top of my mind are like, let's say like PPP does come through. When is that going to come through? Is that going to come through in like, June and am I already going to be in production at that point and it won't matter what does that kind of mean in like a bigger sense like what does that mean I guess I'll just count it as profit or I guess I'll just put it back into the emergency fund because I haven't been working for the last two months which right. is like probably the reason why it exists but it still feels super weird to be getting like all this money and it not be at the time when you actually need it you know like I don't know it's just it's more just like random music, so I don't know. Well, I was actually surprised that the stimulus came through when it, like in the middle of this, mm -hmm. when people actually need it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I mean, was that's too. fair. Yeah. I'm also kind of curious where the focus has been because for those PPP loans, I'm seeing a lot more of the larger entities get that money mm-hmm. reserved for larger companies that will make more of a profit for those banks. So what is kind of there for the people who are, you know, mid to low day players? They don't have a business. They don't have a guild. They don't, mm-hmm. they're not part of a union. So I don't know. I've been kind of thinking of those because those are the kinds of people that you guys hire, right? Yeah. So I'll tell you a brief anecdote about one of, one of my friends that I play tennis with. I've never really worked with him, but he's a, like, he's a like all in one video guy that like has his own like small camera and goes out and shoots stuff and like, whatever, you know, he's probably about 10 years behind me in terms of age and career. And we were playing tennis and he's like, Hey, what about all these like SBA things? And I was like telling him my experience and like what the process is and what the different ones mean and stuff. And he was like, Whoa, that's crazy. And then he texted me a couple of days ago and he's like, Hey, I just like looked into all this stuff and it looks like all of them are closed right now. And I was like, Oh, dang. All right. You're probably right. Like, I think everything's like run out of money. And he's like, what do you think I should do next? Like I heard like something about like, maybe I could get unemployment. And I was like, I honestly have no idea about unemployment, but you probably can. Like, you should Google it because I don't know. Um, and he was like, okay. And then he like texted me back like a few minutes later. And he's like, hey, so I just went on the state of Tennessee website and here's what it says. And he like sends me this screenshot that basically says like, uh, you know, this part of our website is shut down for the day because uh, we're too busy processing the applications that we've already received. Please check back later. <laughs> And I was like, dude, I don't know. That sucks. That sucks really bad. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I I think one of the biggest lessons out of all that, luckily I don't have to make these decisions, but um, there's going to be a lot of questioning about the processes that are supposedly in place, you know, government wise to be able to handle these kinds of things. Cause we've never, we haven't dealt with this at least in our lifetime and so, you know, now that this has happened, I think there's gonna be a lot of talk post this, um, you know, about how it's all fallen apart and how we can fix it for future. Now, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> We're all kind of in limbo on this. You hope it's a once in a lifetime thing. But, Hopefully. you know, for instance, I was thinking like post, post Great Depression, they had mm-hmm. put policies in place to help it never happen again. So I'm curious what's going to be put in place this time. We're not the best at at having these things in place where they run smoothly. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's a really good chance that this could return in the fall. For sure. You know, to what you were saying, Leif, like if I see something, I'm applying for it mm-hmm. because I don't know how long this is going to last. So yeah, I'm applying for everything. I, I also don't know, you know, there's like a moratorium on rent and there's like you know, all of these different bills, et cetera, et cetera. And so, and so I know a lot of people, they're starting to pile up. Well, what happens, you know, when we press play again and all of a sudden, all of this is due. I don't know what that's going to mean for like the economy or home prices or like anything like that. And, and maybe I'm worrying about something that I shouldn't need to worry about, but I'm awfully glad that I did apply for that thing like the same day, even though I haven't gotten it yet. So where do you guys go in order to find business loans that you could potentially apply for? Uh, SBA.gov, right? Um, that's, that's where I've been 
that's where I've been getting stuff. I'm, I'm also like trying to get, uh, and, and Leif, maybe this is conversation later. I want to, you know, get in on these government contracts too. Like maybe at some point those will pick up. Um, so I am spending the time like applying for or, or getting to know that whole process. Um, I'm also like watching all of the, <laughs> the White House thingies because maybe Trump will drop a drop a hint. I don't know. Like, and, and it kind of gets me at least a little bit ahead of the curve. So if I listen to it, maybe it'll give me like a three hour head start. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I am watching all of the briefings because I have to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it seems like information, uh, is not being passed down uniformly or is yeah. it being like filtered? Like, yes. I, I sort of feel mm-hmm. like no matter what you think about Trump, like, I think there's an awful amount of unfiltered information that comes directly from him and his tweets and his briefings. And like everybody else in the room is just as surprised as we are that those things are being said, whether they're good or bad. I think there's also a decent amount of like asymmetry. Like, so for example, like in the South, as of yesterday for Tennessee, Georgia, South Carolina, basically announced that the governors are going to start reopening. Like Tennessee's governor said that they are not going to reissue a shelter in place order after April 30. Mm. We're in kind of a weird position with one client that's done very well during this time period because all of their sales are online and it's all like essential items that need to like go out to people or deemed essential. Nice. And so they actually really badly want to shoot an ad uh, that they can put on connected TV and like tons of people are consuming that, that content right now. So, I mean, like it's, it's kind of like perfect timing, like whatever they really badly want to shoot it. And they're kind of like, you know, as soon as like things open up, let's shoot it. And so like, it's a weird position for us because like right now we're potentially a week out from things officially opening up, but like, is it actually safe to shoot that? Should we be planning a production? What does it mean when shelter in place goes away? And so the responsibility changes from here's what's okay to like, is this advisable, Mm -hmm. even if it's quote unquote, okay. And like, I don't know how to answer those questions. Those are questions that we're just grappling with right now, like as of today to that effect like as a business owner what are you liable for Mm. what what is the liability Mm -hmm. like if somebody gets sick on your set is that your responsibility or do do people sign disclosures like there's coronavirus out here if i get it on your set or somebody transmits something i'm not going to see you that'd be under production insurance so i i've been reading a lot about that because I'm interested in that as well. And uh, on the film side of things, what I've been, because they're all grappling with this too. What I'm reading, um, which makes a lot of sense is that insurance companies are not going to want to touch this because, you know, how in the world are they supposed to predict what's going to happen and what's not going to happen? It'd be terrible for them. Um, So I think it is going to be a waiver kind of situation where you just, you know, at some point you have to work and you're just going to hope for the best. Well, I think that's a lot what the film industry is going to do. A lot of people are wanting to work. They're needing yeah. to work. And they're willing to kind of put themselves in that situation if it's that something that they're yeah. willing to risk. Right. Um, yeah. What what makes it a little bit difficult is, of course, the ethics of putting right. putting together that production. Absolutely. I, I don't know what you guys think. Um, I haven't pursued any work um, over the last, you know, month and a half or so. Um, and I, I just... 
for me, it was, it was taking a little breather. And also I didn't want to bombard agencies or, you know, clients that I I've had in the past during this time. I didn't think that it, it was, I don't know if I didn't think it was appropriate necessarily, but I just didn't think it was the best time. It may be a bad look for me to go after them right now. I don't know if that's the case with everybody, but um, I've kind of waited and I'm waiting to see how things go in the next month um, to start reaching out again. But I, I don't know if it's a bad idea to take a moment though and wait to see where, where things go. I don't know. I could be wrong. But what about the people who don't necessarily have that luxury? <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot of people that, that need, need to keep going. But, you know, those of us that are pitching projects or are, Mm -hmm. you know, working through agencies and have those relationships, you'd hate to to burn bridges in this moment, I guess. I mean, I haven't, I mean, yet I haven't had anybody be like, (gasps) yeah, (laughs) how dare you email me? Like, I I haven't, I haven't. (laughs) I haven't had anybody do that yet. And it's and it hasn't been the kind of thing. I mean, it's just like, hey, I have this. It costs this so much, mm-hmm. you know, to make. Are you interested in it? Do you need content? Do you need something right now? Mm-hmm. And I mean, the channels are different. And I'm definitely hustling, absolutely. But like, you know, all of the Instagram sponsored ads, like all of those Facebook ads, like people are still needing that branded content and people know that the people content are is still there. More than, like the, yeah, need, the need yes, is very much still there. People, they're looking at this stuff. Their business model is changing or shifting and they do have things that they want to tell people. So none of that has changed because people are watching content still. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Those are my thoughts. Aimless. I know. <laughs> the the issue that I find, you know, majority of my work is somewhere other than where I am. So I'm on planes all the time. You know, I travel mm-hmm. 100,000 miles a year. So I don't know what that's going to look like. And that's that's something that I'm questioning right now is the travel aspect. That is big. Mm-hmm. You could probably get from A to B pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're probably safe, safer flying right now than you are any other time. <laughs> That's probably true. Who knows what yeah. it's going to be like in a month when people start like traveling again, right? Exactly. Or two months or whatever. But I would be really curious, like, of your guys's opinions about like what what the right approach is to like jumping back into production quickly. Because I think, at least on my end, I been pretty certain that we're going to have at least one client wanting us to be in production like right. on like May 2. So sure, sure. I've heard a lot of different things from different producers like some people that own studios work with a lot of different producers and what they're doing is staying on unemployment as long as they possibly can. And this is probably I mean like you were saying it's staggered, it's different areas. So in LA people are going to stay on there as long as possible because there's so little that's coming in Mm -hmm. and it's really crappy to come off of unemployment where you're getting 600 plus per week. It's something that's secure. You can at least get food once you come off of it and you can guarantee like what one job a month. So it's sort of this chicken and the egg thing where it's like you have like this slinky of backlog but you don't know when it's going to come in and you know if there's nobody to work how do you work and if there's work how do you work you know it's this back and forth back and forth so like that's one issue is just 
a lot of producers are very, very unwilling to bring in their crews and bring in people and take them off unemployment when they cannot guarantee a job, more than one job. But what about so, the what about those that aren't under that? Like there are a lot of day players who are non-union. They're not on unemployment because that's a whole other mess. Mm-hmm. So what do you do ethically as a producer to put together these potential shoots? The restrictions are lifted. People aren't on unemployment. You wouldn't be interrupting anything. But would you move forward with production? I think this is a. It's going to be the time for the the one-man band to four-man band approach uh, over the next year. That's my guess. And, you know, we're all guessing here, even the people that are a few pay stubs higher than we are guessing as well. Um, so we can't, we can't really know what's going to happen the next few months. But um, my guesstimate is that uh, those that can pull off productions with small crews like that are going to do quite well. Because the large companies, you know, that work through the agency work that we get uh, with those large companies, they all are going to do okay. And they're still fine. Sure, they may have lost some money, but it's not like the mom and pop shop down the, down the road. And so um, those people are going to want to get, you know, commercial content out there. Anything larger than that, though, I don't think we're going to see for the next 12 to 18 months. That's my guesstimate. And I could be completely wrong. Who knows? I think it's an interesting scenario because Atlanta is a huge production hub for all kinds of film and television and commercial and everything else. And they're going to be opened up in a week, according to their government. (laughs) I don't think shows will be though. I really don't. I don't think large productions like that will be. Um, I, again, I could be completely wrong. Um, you know, the, the, the large, the largest commercial I've had in the last couple of months was, uh, early January. Um, it was a NASCAR commercial that I did in, in Charlotte. And, um, you know, we had 30 plus people on set, crew and cast and the whole thing. And um, I don't see that coming back for quite a while. Uh, I really, I really don't because I I don't think um, even companies or agencies are going to be willing to let that amount of people in a space at once. Um, But I think that if you have a team of people or, you know, you know, freelancers that can come together that um, have done the, you know, wearing of five hats and can do that well, um, I think that's when, you know, those groups of people are going to be able to shine um, starting sometime this summer, you know, or even earlier, you know, potentially. Yeah, seriously, who knows? Yeah. Well, I'll let you know how it goes. I mean, yeah, yeah please do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely be like feeling a little bit of pressure to mount like a traditional production. So, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what an experience. That's like an awesome behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> really it really is that's a great like, point i hadn't thought about that we should do it for the sake of like uh for the sake of history or something Posterity. Right. yeah absolutely you can yeah. be in your your whole garb you know <laughs> <laughs> well that's great i mean that's actually a good transition because i am wanting to look at the potential benefits of re-entering the market what kind of positives you guys see on the horizon because of this are there any? <laughs> yeah. Um, That's a good question. Yeah, I think, you know, to what Brian was saying, like the one to four, like small mm-hmm. kind of crew might, might, you know, I think it's having a moment. I think mm-hmm. people are figuring out what's engaging. Is that changing? You know, are smaller productions being appreciated? Are they carrying their weight? I, I think a lot of that is getting adjusted. Mm-hmm. 30 person plus crews and stuff like that. 
I mean, I would like to think that there's always going to be a place in a people will appreciate production value because it would be a shame to lose that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the one to four crew, like you were saying, Brian, I think it's going to have a moment in the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and for those of us who have learned those skills or have had to learn those skills, being an editor, mm-hmm. being able to pull together a crew and and know people who are who are multifunctional in that way it may wind up being a real benefit to have those skills. Absolutely. I, I agree a hundred percent. I don't think that, you know, big production and quality production is going to go away. I mean, we've conditioned people over the last 10 to 15 years to, to demand a certain quality. I don't think companies at a certain level are ever going to get rid of that level of quality. Uh, I think it'll always be there. Uh, eventually people are going to go back to the way things were but you're right. I, I do think the smaller crews will have a moment. I think it's uh, it's good for all of us to to keep an eye on technology because in this moment of craziness, people have used Instagram Live and all kinds of things that maybe you didn't use on your you know day to day basis. And definitely, you know, big corporations weren't using like they are now. And so there's been a moment where they've realized the potential. And I think that there might be some, some interesting future possibilities with, with that technology and where that goes. And, and to be on the forefront of that would be important. Yeah. I think that this will provide a lot more, not just opportunities, but a lot more, uh, a lot more jobs, <laughs> but in different ways, in different horizons. For instance, you know, I was actually talking to David and he has done a lot of work on uh, Panoply because he had to switch a lot of things to online learning. And, you know, the way that he was able to set everything up through his cameras, this would drastically reduce the amount of people on set. You know, mm-hmm. this could mm-hmm. be a thing, you know, we would be getting rid of some jobs. But just like you were saying before with Instagram Live and everything, there's going to be a lot mm-hmm. more demand for content on different spaces that we weren't necessarily expecting there will be changes in the horizon, you know, like whether or not it is production companies realizing that they can get away with a lower standard of production quality while the other ones still go Mm -hmm. commercial wise too, you know, Mm -hmm. stock footage is a thing and companies realize that they can get a product for a much lower price. So I don't know. There are things to, to keep in mind there. Like my personal opinion is that the, fallout of what's happening right now is going to have a very short tail because it hasn't happened for very long. So it's very like intense and painful, like in the moment. But if you can like hunker down and continue with your long-term thinking, like whatever that is, like with your career or with your education or with your future plans for your business, Mm -hmm. like I think in about three months time, if things continue as they are right now, in about three months time, things will probably start snapping back to where they were before. Like things will probably start coming back around. And in about a year's time, you'll probably be really thankful that you held the course. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my personal opinion. Yeah, uh, to second that, I I would agree. I think that, um, you know, if you can hold out as long as you possibly can, um, or even, you know, if you need to take take a job in interim, there's there's going to be a, a point uh, where where this all turns around and and I think it, it's not going to be you know super long down the line and if you can hold out as long as you can till that 
and, and you know, make it through as a business owner for those that, that own businesses, um, then you're going to be better for it. Cause there are a lot of people that are not going to be able to make it. unfortunately, so it, it kind of, and it, it sounds bad to say it this way, but it kind of levels the playing field a little bit. Um, so yeah, if you can, if you can hold out as long as possible and those that are inter- entering the industry, I think about those that are graduating or those that have, you know, newly, uh, try to start in the industry. Um, you know, I don't think it's bad to, to take a moment to, uh, to, you know, make a paycheck, you know, do what you need to do to, to make it. Uh, but don't lose sight of your, your ultimate goal. Don't lose sight of, of your passion and your dreams because, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, once they get settled somewhere, then they stay there and they don't ever accomplish mm-hmm. what they want to accomplish. So, um, you know, don't lose sight of that when the time comes that things do reopen and, and there is a lot of work out there because mm-hmm. there will be. Yeah. There is no shame in providing for yourself, for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think the state of the world right now is a giant jigsaw puzzle. And whoever can solve the puzzle first is bound to make a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. So I know myself, I have not consumed a drop of less content as before. In fact, I probably like double my screen time just because mm-hmm. I'm constantly like doom scrolling, like trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> so um, scrolling. Leif, you were saying you're the people in your, in your network, the clients that you have are very, very eager to communicate to their customers. They want to do it. I think that there's a lot of potential there. And so, you know, if you can do it quicker, stronger, faster, Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think you're bound to really cut out a lot of bigger businesses. It may be a good three months for you. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you for your time. If you enjoyed this interview, follow us right here and check out more episodes at collabinc.org. If you have comments or know someone who would be a great guest on our show, send in your suggestions to tanya at collabinc.org. And again, we're really wanting feedback. So go to media.collabinc.org, fill out the feedback survey, and you'll be entered to win a $25 Amazon gift card. You guys, thank you again so much for your time. We will uh, see you next time on There to Hear. Thanks, guys.